King Tut, more like King Butt. Am I right? That was terrible. <laughs> no, it's funny. You're wrong. It's funny, you big tit. <laughs> Welcome Hi, back to Paranormal. <laughs> I'm going to try and get this done in one take. Yeah. Well, I would hope so. Yeah. And I, I have to let you know immediately, the microphone is plugged in okay. and on. We are recording properly today. That's great. So no redoing our original content today. Okay, perfect. I feel like we talked about this on Can I Call You, but we didn't talk about this on Paranormal. No, we didn't. But guys, we have another podcast it's called Can I Call You. <laughs> what a perfect segue, Nicolina. Perfection. Yeah, we have another podcast called Can I Call You, and it's an advice podcast, and we got a bunch of listeners writing in to us last week and we got more this week and so if you have it have a problem that you need advice on that you're not comfortable asking people in your life yeah or you're afraid that they're not going to be honest with you just uh email us at can i call you pod at gmail.com or just search on spotify and on apple podcasts for can i call you cool well, that we yeah. had, yeah, there you yeah, go. There you go. Anyway, <laughs> what? Okay. Why is that weird? It wasn't weird. It was, you're just looking at me like, <laughs> who else am I going to look at? Them? I don't know. I guess. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm really tired, guys. It's Monday. We waited to the last possible second yeah. to record this, but we put so much effort. time and effort into this one because another podcast yeah. has currently come under fire for plagiarism yes and um as much as we try to source uh our stories and like sometimes we just forget paraphrase sometimes we yeah we do forget yeah um sometimes i just assume that people know where we're getting the information from mm. <laughs> so and like yeah i like we tend to like paraphrase things and put things in our own words and banter in between so it's like right not a straight like we're not just like taking someone's article and being like this is yeah this is what i found we're just gonna read verbatim yeah this everything but now we we really don't want to um jeopardize that or have anyone call us out for that so we're gonna ensure that all of our stories from here on out have uh are sourced and include our own journalistic integrity yeah attached to it correct job perfect yeah um how was your week uh like last week and this weekend was all right um oh tell them about the exciting news with your aunt oh so (laughs) so i had a belated birthday the whole month of august is pretty much my birthday um i had a belated birthday um celebration with my aunt who is on my father's side so I don't really my because my father passed away I don't have that much family that I go see Mm -hmm. um but she's but she's very generous and spoils me because I'm her only like female relative um and she never had any kids of her own okay so yeah so basically I'm kind of a pseudo child to her um so anyway yeah so she um is quite wealthy she owns her own um hair salon which sounds like it's not a wealthy business but it's like a very high-end uh hair salon yeah and well like, you could be like oh yeah i own hair so a hair salon and it could be like oh i actually i'm the owner of super cuts right like, right right it's <laughs> total total <laughs> yeah Sorry. she is not the owner of super no, cuts but, but she has a very high-end hair salon that's yeah. been thriving for like 30 plus years okay and her and her husband own it and um like they started in London together, whatever. So she brought me to London last year. And then around the dinner table, she mentioned that she's going to going to the French Riviera in the beginning of next year. Yeah. And she had been asking me to go away with her before mm-hmm. to go back to London, but I don't have any vacation for mm-hmm. the till next year. Till yeah. yeah. Till January. So she's like, well, I'm going to Nice in February. And I was like, Oh my God, can I come? And she's like, Yes, obviously. Oh my God. Um, and so she was like, but I've only rented like a small place. So like you could, you could, you'll have to stay like on like the pullout couch or something. Right. And I was like, I'm in fucking Nice. I don't care if I'm on a pullout yeah. couch, like yeah. whatever. But like, so basically I think I'm going to go to her place for like the first day or two. Yeah. And then I'm going to get my own Airbnb for Perfect. the rest of the time. Um, Cause it's, they're literally like, it's not just, even though it's the French Riviera and like, 
is super luxurious and lots of celebrities go and like everything's beautiful there. Mm-hmm. It's still like $85 a day to rent a place there. It's not, right. it's not, it's not like super expensive. Yeah. And they're like nice clean places. So yeah. I'm like, I could totally afford $300 for sure to stay in Nice. Yes. For five days. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, she's like, I rented a car. I'll take you. She's like, I'm going to take you through this place. It, it like connects to Italy. Mm-hmm. So like, we're going to go over to Italy and like, she's like planned a bunch of stuff. So I'm like super, super That's excited. That's so exciting. Um, and the funny part was that when I was on Airbnb today, I, I knew I wanted to go to Nice, but I forgot how much I wanted to go. Mm. And I went into my saved Airbnb locations. Oh and it was in there? And it was, Nice was my, one of my wedding destination locations. Oh my God. So I had all these villas that I had saved. Right. That were in Nice that I wanted to bring my family and friends to, to potentially get married. Right. So it was, it it was Positano, like. Yeah, yeah. That's where my mom went. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like around Positano on the Alfie Coast area or Nice. Nice. And I'm like. All right. Well, I'm still going to go. Oh it's all God. good. Yeah. I still get to go. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm I can gonna, check it out. <laughs> I'm going to save up my money and I'm just going to tag along. Okay. You can. <laughs> okay. I'll tell Steve. <laughs> yeah. Do it. And then he'll shoot me. Uh, <laughs> Come on. I agree though. What else are you going to go need? I'm just in like a place too where I'm like, if I go, like I should be going with him. Like I should be experiencing these no, things. No, that's true. With him. And then when you get older again, it's like, so when you're young, you go with your friends, then you're like in your thirties and you're like, if you have like a significant other, it's like, yeah. you're going to go with you them. Travel and together, then when you yeah. get older, you go with your friends again. Like my mom's older. She goes sure. to California with my dad every once in a while for work. Like my dad goes for work, but yeah. he'll bring my mom just for fun. And then um, she just fucking jet sets around Europe with her girlfriends. That's sick. Yeah. Good times. I know. What a, what a little slut. <laughs> well, my aunt does that too. She just goes everywhere without her husband. <laughs> Speaking of, this is a good segue into the theme of our episode. We still have to get to horoscopes. But yes. my mom is currently in Italy right now. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I picked the theme for our episode was because she told my sister <laughs> that she thinks a gypsy, gypsy. put a per- put a curse on her. <laughs> right. Which they do there. Well, I've she, seen them. I've seen them. They so just, have I. They're, they just start they, yelling. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. So she, basically she's in Italy. This woman was hounding her like she wouldn't leave my mom alone. And I guess in, in Italian, my mom finally told her to leave her alone. Right. Like, Probably not, not in like, I, my mom's not a mean person. So she but probably definitely in a diplomatic wasn't, way. She, yeah, my mom wasn't mean. She probably was firm. Sure. Because this woman wouldn't leave her alone. And then she said that this woman gave her a look that sent chills through my mom's whole body. And then later on that evening, she fell over nothing. Just what? tripped in the side, like on the sidewalk and smashed her face off of the sidewalk and she fucking FaceTimed me with this huge black eye. <gasps> yeah. So then I looked up how to reverse a curse. Oh my And God. sent her. Because the full moon was the other day. And apparently you can reverse a curse under a full moon. So I was like, here you no go. Shit. You're right by the ocean. You have to go to the ocean. You have to get in the ocean. You have to say these words. No! Yeah. And I'm like, go get rid of your fucking curse, you crazy Did lady. Did she do it? I don't know. She never responded. Oh, okay. I was like, I hope you're not dead. Yeah. Um, Holy shit. Yeah. And so then that gave me the idea to do uh, an episode on famous curses. Perfect. So that's our theme. Love uh, it. Yeah. Okay. I like this one. I liked my, like, I liked learning about this one. Yeah, me too. it has too. history. And I love history. Yeah. Yes, you do. I love it. Of course. When I told you the two options, you're yeah. like, okay, pick one and then I'll pick the other. And I was like, I know she wants that one. <laughs> <laughs> so I just picked another one altogether. <laughs> oh, also, I forgot I, know, I forgot to tell you this. I was waiting so that we could get an authentic reaction. I had a dream about you the other night that we got into a fight. No. Like, not in, like, a fist fight. Like, a like of verbal fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is so funny. Okay. So we were, I don't know where we were. It was this it looked like a big haunted mansion on a hill (laughs) and you must have been renting it out or something and there was someone there was a woman that was looking for you and there was a crazy thunderstorm outside and she was like like 
had walked all this way from a thunderstorm and it was like she was or in a thunderstorm and she was like drenched and like there's fucking lightning and thunder and she's looking for you and so then I found you and I'm like hey like that girl is downstairs or whatever like she's looked like she wanted to talk to you okay and it was like somebody important and you're just like okay whatever and your friend Madison was there yeah and you were like we're like we're going we're going out now we're like we're going out drinking and I was like well, aren't you gonna go talk to that lady yeah and you were like no we're going out I'll talk to her like when I get back like just tell her to wait for <laughs> me just tell her to wait for me and I got mad at you I was like that's so incredibly rude like this woman just trekked like 13 miles through a thunderstorm to talk to you like go talk to her it's gonna take you 15 fucking minutes and then go to the bar yeah and you were just like that's not really my fucking problem. Like I would you were never so, do that. I know you wouldn't. I would never so do that. This is, <laughs> this is so funny. So then you, you left and, oh, and you fucking said to me, you were like, you threw me your keys and you were like, just make sure you lock up. Before you leave. <laughs> so I was Am like, I a fucking fuck you. white man I was, right now? <laughs> I was like, fuck you. So you left. I'm like, fuck her and lock up before she fucking leaves. So then I was like, I went, I don't know. I went to go do something like wash my hands or something. Cause I was in a washroom and there was all this like very expensive makeup. And I was like, Oh, Why I'm this? taking all your fucking expensive makeup. And I like, took it off. But I was like, when she apologizes, she can have it back. Like, so bad. You know? I almost, I want to be in a position where all of this could happen. I want to be, I want to own some real estate on a hill, a haunted mansion that I'm fucking renting out to God knows who. This has got to be. That I am so in demand that somebody is trekking 13 miles in the rain. And then I'm throwing you my keys as if you are, like, in another quarters in my house or something. Like, that's literally how you treated me in my dream. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, peasant, lock up when you leave. Make sure you lock up when you're done. Fucking hell. So you got all this expensive makeup, and I literally just, like, threw it in a bag. And I also want all the expensive makeup. And then I was like, she can have this when she apologizes. That is so funny. I wasn't, like, planning on... Like keeping it. So oh, I was funny. dying. And I was then, obviously in a rush. Clearly, clearly. I was in a rush. I had very important maybe. drinking to do. Clearly. Maybe it's a premonition. Maybe this is gonna happen in Nice if I come. <laughs> God willing. God willing. Okay, let's go to our horoscope. Our horoscopes. I think yeah. I read yours first this time. Okay, yes. Whatever. Yes, I do. Okay, Leo, this will be a great day for you. You rolled your eyes real hard. Your children, grandchildren, or siblings may have a lot of excess energy. It's up to you to take care of them, Leo. It's your turn to plan things in the family. You won't have any trouble with this task. Have you ever thought about being a planner or an organizer for a living? Yes. That's it. That's the whole thing. Well, I don't have any offspring so I, I don't think that and I have one sibling and I already catered to him yes two weeks ago yes. when he was living with me for a week correct um so that is not relevant to right now mm-hmm. I was planning stuff on Airbnb like to find a place to stay but right. I didn't actually do that I don't think I planned anything else right well, I'm not yeah acting as a caregiver I don't think I planned so I have a baby shower on Sat- Sunday mm-hmm. and two of my friends um, like we are, we're going and there's a group chat. I'm like, have you guys bought your gifts yet? I'm like, if not, do you want to go in on one? Okay. And then I was like, I can buy it. And then you guys can there just you give go. me the money. So that's like the extent of my life. Well, there you go. Yeah. That's it. So that's, that's me. I yeah. guess. All right. Um, I'm doing you then. Thank you. I always forget to pull it up because I always get that. Okay, I'm so sorry. I swear to God. It's fine. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Do you wonder whether other people are attracted to you, Gemini? No, I know they are. <laughs> if you'd like to reassure yourself, you could work on your outward appearance today. Rude. You may Not. have an inclination to change something, but you don't have to overdo it. Okay. Newsletter. The en- energy of the day is about adding one special touch that makes all the difference when combined with your natural charm. 
honestly, um, it did ring true only because this morning, well, I had to be at work for seven today. So I had to get up at five. Okay. And I was like, usually at a set, uh, when I work a seven to three at my work, I'm like, okay, I'm literally putting my hair in a bun with no makeup. And like, I'll wear like a normal outfit and I'll put on like a coat of mascara and that's yeah. it. Yeah. But this time I actually like spent time on my makeup. I wore a cute dress, whatever. So, so you, yeah, yeah. Good. So it rang true. Okay. Okay. Interesting. On to, as my sister would is probably skipped through all of that. So now we can talk about the curse. <laughs> she might actually really <laughs> like this episode. What a bitch. Yeah. yeah she's funny yeah, though. What a bitch. She's a funny. Bitch. She kills me. Um, okay. So I chose the curse of King Tut. Your first, I think this round. Yes. Yes. And I got um, my information from a LiveScience.com article by Benjamin Radford, a Mental Floss article by Stacy Conrad, and uh, by, by Wikipedia, which is where we usually get most of our information from. So, one of the most famous curses that has ever been known to man. Which I didn't write. This is just me. (laughs) Is the curse of the Pharaoh, also known as King Tut's curse. Ever since King Tut's tomb was revealed by Howard Carter in Egypt's Valley of the Kings in 1922, there have been stories that those who dared to disturb the boy's final resting place would end up facing a terrible curse. The legend is that anyone associated with opening the tomb would soon fall victim to its curse and would end up dying under mysterious circumstances. The legend gained notoriety because a few of the people who were involved with finding and opening the tomb did die soon after opening it. Marie Corelli, and then in brackets I wrote, love her first name, wrote a letter that was published in the New York World magazine, and she quoted an obscure book that declared dire punishment would follow any intrusion into any sealed tomb. Uh, A media frenzy ensued after the death of George Edward Stanhope, Molina Herbert is his whole fucking name, by the way. All right. As well as the Extra. yep, the promotion of the idea of a curse by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who is the creator of Sherlock Holmes. So this woman writes an article. Then one of the people um, dies, and then there's like a media frenzy because they're like, "Oh my god, this woman wrote the article." Then this person died, okay. and then the creator of Sherlock Holmes is like stirring the pot and writing shit about it too. Mm -hmm. So the death of Herbert, I'm only calling him Herbert now because, or anyways, uh, because he has a fucking long name. Yes. uh, Is the most famous of the deaths resulting from the curse. He was the fifth Earl of Carna, Car, nope. Carnarva. Oh my God. Carnarvon. It's Carnarvon. Okay. Which is a, uh, and Sorry, he was the fifth earl of that, and he was a British aristocrat and an amateur Egyptologist, and he helped finance the search, and he was present at the tomb's opening. He died four months and one week after the tomb was opened. He, okay, get this. This This is the most insane one of these deaths to me. He had been bitten by a mosquito and later accidentally slashed the bite while he was shaving. Okay. It became infected. Oh. And he ended up getting blood poisoning and dying. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And then in brackets, I wrote, insert story about my sister's blood poisoning. Why did she have blood poisoning? So, so she was, we were at my um, Nono and Nona's house and they had like a monkey bar kind of set in the backyard. Uh-huh. And I guess a family of bees had built, or a colony of bees had uh, built a nest inside the bars. I think it was wasps, not yeah. bees. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she was swinging on it and I guess it obviously angered them. So a swarm of them, five, uh, like flew out and stung her on her foot. All five of them stung the top of her foot. So it swelled up really bad. They took her to our pediatrician and the pediatrician said that she just needed to get some Benadryl, I guess. Okay. And then, um, so they put her on Benadryl. And she went home, but the swelling didn't go down. It kept moving up her leg. Oh, no. So my mom took her to um, the emergency room, and they did more tests, and they were like, she has blood poisoning, 
like all the way up her <gasps> leg. Like, like I remember they drew around it because you know, if it swells past that point, then it's getting worse. If it goes down, oh, it's getting better. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I remember they drew a line like on her um, calf, like okay. on the front part of her calf. Yeah. And, um, or her shin, I guess that's what it's called. Um, like just below the knee. Right. And they were, they put her on all these, like, I don't know what they put her on. They yeah, put her on all you- this medication and she obviously got better, but they were like, if you hadn't had brought her in, like she would have died. What? Yeah. What exactly is blood poisoning? Like what would like what was know. poisoning or like were the bees? Well, she's very allergic to bees. Oh, she is allergic to bees. When she when okay. she gets mosquitoes, she swells like crazy. Crazy. They look like baseball sized welts no, from okay. a mosquito bite. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, and she's uh yeah, so she, when she gets stung and then I remember one time she got stung by a bee on her fucking face. Yikes. One bee. Yikes. And her face right here like swelled up. Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie The Three Ninjas? Mm, okay. Know. So there's a movie called The Three Ninjas, and we used to say that she looked like the Three Ninjas' grandpa, and this is what he looked like because his one eye was always like swollen shut. Oh my god! Like that's yeah, actually yeah, yeah, what yeah, she yeah, looked yeah, yeah, like. Yeah. Anyway, so that's her blood poisoning story. Back to the curse. Okay. And Natalie also thinks there's a curse on her, by the way. So, <laughs> so this works. So in 1925, an anthropologist named Henry Field visited the tomb. He told people how friendly and kind Carter, so Carter was the person who found the tomb. Uh, he told people how friendly and kind he was. He told about how a paperweight was given to Carter's friend named Sir Bruce Ingram. The paperweight, now this was a fucking... This was a fucking great idea. The paperweight was made out of a mummified hand with its wrist adorned with a scarab bracelet, which was marked with the words, Cursed be he who moves my body. To him shall come fire, water, and pestilence. Dang. Sounds like a really good gift to give to a friend. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'd give that to you in my dreams. Yeah, clearly. Dream Nicolina's uncle. (laughs) (laughs) Soon after, George uh, J. Gould was a visitor to the tomb. Oh, sorry. Nope. I skipped a line. Okay. So so he gets this fucking paperweight with the bracelet. Soon after he gets the gift, the guy's house burns down. And then after they rebuild it, it's ruined by a flood. Okay. And the curse or the inscription on the bracelet said... Whoever, like, moves my fire. body, fire, water, and pestilence. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yes. Then there was George J. Gould. He was a visitor to the tomb, and he died in the French Riviera one year after the tomb was opened. Uh, he developed a fever, which started uh, during his visit to King Tut's tomb. And just died from, like, a fever. Yeah. Then there was Aubrey Herbert. He's the half-brother of Lord Carnavon, the guy from the very beginning yeah. with all the names. Yep. Uh, it is said that he suffered the curse just because he was related to him. Oh, okay. He was born with a degenerative eye condition. And then in brackets, I wrote, same. <laughs> Cute. Because it was. And became totally blind later in life, which I would have if this was the olden days. But luckily, I had surgery. Um... A doctor thought that the cause of his blindness was his rotting teeth. So he had every tooth pulled in hopes that this would bring his eyesight back. It obviously didn't work. And he died of sepsis as a result of the surgery. Fuck. Five months after the death of his cursed brother. Yes. Then there's Hugh Evelyn White. He was a British archaeologist who had visited Tut's tomb and helped excavate the site. He had seen death sweep over two dozen of his fellow excavators by 1924. He ended up hanging himself, but not before writing in his own blood, I have succumbed to a curse which forces me to disappear. Oh my God. Yeah. Then there was Aaron Ember. He was an American Egyptologist and was friends with many people who were present when the tomb was opened. He died in 1926 when his house burned down in Baltimore. 
He could have made it out safely, but his wife told him to save a manuscript that he had been working on while she went and got their son that was still in the house. Oh, no. They all ended up dying in the (gasps) fire along with their maid. Oh, fuck. So the interesting part of this is that the name of the manuscript that he was working on was called The Egyptian Book of the Dead. Oh, shit. Yeah. So was this tomb opened on different occasions by different, like, archaeologists and, like, discoverers? Or was this all just, like... Re- These ones are all related to the, the first The first one. Opening. The first yes. opening. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Then there was Richard Bethel. He was... Um, Carter, so again, the guy with all the names, person, he was his personal secretary. He was also the first person behind him to enter the tomb. Mm. He died in 1929, so seven years after the tomb was opened. Okay. He was found in a gentleman's club and had been smothered to death. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So you get. Well, I mean. You could go to gentlemen's clubs. Yeah. And <laughs> visit King Tut's tomb. I guess they were really, well, whatever. The Nottingham, the Nottingham had posted and published an article where they wrote the suggestion that uh, the Honorable Richard Bethel had come under the curse was raised last year when there was a series of mysterious fires at their home where some of the priceless finds of Tutankhamun's tomb were stored. So I guess he had some of the items from King Tut's tomb and his fucking house burned down too. Um, his, and then his dad died in 1930 by throwing himself from his seventh floor apartment. Dang. Then there was Sir Archibald Douglas Reed. He was the radiologist that x-rayed King Tut before the museum took him. Okay. He got sick with a mysterious illness. Nobody knows what it was. And he died three days later. Fuck. Yeah. And then there was James Henry Rested. He is another Egyptologist that was working with Carter when the tomb was opened. Shortly after he returned home, he saw that his... Oh, this one's fucked. He had a pet canary, and he saw that his pet canary had been eaten by a cobra. Oh. He knew that it was eaten by a cobra because the cobra was still in the canary's cage when Where he got home. Where the fuck did it come from? So... The cobra, they don't know, but this is what, so like literally the tomb was opened. He was working with Carter. He came back from the tomb being opened and his canary had been eaten by a cobra. So they were in Egypt. Okay. 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 And the cobra was in the canary's cage. Mm. The cobra had broken into his home the same way that they had broken into the young king's tomb. Right. And it's especially weird because the cobra is a symbol of Egyptian monarchy and it's commonly found on the headdresses that the kings used to wear. And uh, it's there to represent protection. So it's weird that this thing would be... Yeah. yeah, Suddenly. He didn't die until 1935, which is like 13 years after opening the tomb. But he did die immediately after returning from a trip to Egypt. Oh. And... um, Within the first 10 years of the tomb being opened, there were around 11 deaths, they say. So a death a year within the first 10 years. That's nuts. And that is the story of the curse of the pharaohs. That's all I got for you. Great. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. Cool. Um, I think my dog is going to arrive shortly. Okay, you want to take a quick break? So let's break? take a little, little break or breather. Okay. Yeah, cool. Bye. And we're back, but it was like no time had passed <laughs> to you. <laughs> my furry baby is safe and sound at the house. And I'm glad that we stopped because he absolutely went incredibly apeshit when he saw us. It was very cute. I wish I was, I had that recorded. Um, so yeah, I, today I will be telling the legend, um, of the hope diamond or the blue (laughs) diamond before it was given its official name. Can I just quickly say something? Yeah. So when I said this episode or whatever, oh yeah, I was like, oh, there, there's like these 
couple curses and you, I, I think there was two and I didn't end up doing the other one. Yeah. And you, you were like, okay, I'll do whatever one you're not going to do. Yeah. And in my mind, I was like, oh, she's going to want to do the whole diamond. So then I was like, okay, I'll let her have it. Like I'll pick something yeah. else. Yeah. So then you texted me today and you go, I'm doing the Hope Diamond. And I said, I knew you would do that one. And you said, so me, such sparkle, such luxury. Curse me, baby. Star, star, daddy. <laughs> Curse me, daddy. I'll freaking give you the Hope Diamond. If it brings curses on me and my family, that's, if I get to wear a fucking 112 carat diamond, fuck. Sorry, I just had to say that because I thought it was so yeah. funny. You're like, that's me. Such sparkle. Such, such sparkle. luxury. Such luxury. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the legend of the curse begins with a French jeweler named Travenier, who is said, while exploring India, stole a massive 112 carat blue diamond from the forehead of a Hindu statue. Bad idea, friend. Yeah. The diamond itself was believed to have been discovered in the 1600s. And after selling the diamond, Travenier was found in Russia killed by wild dogs. This is where the curse of Hope Diamond begins. And as legend has it, anyone who touches the Hope Diamond will be doomed to a life of bad luck. However, the historical facts of how the Hope Diamond came to be cursed are a little less clear. So I was able to pull a timeline from Stylecaster to explore the events as they occurred sequentially to those who have come in contact with the Hope Diamond over the years. And by using their general timeline and an article titled 10 Victims of the Hope Diamond published by Mental Floss in 2017, plus referencing with Wikipedia, I was able to gather pieces together okay. to piece together the history of the Hope Diamond curse okay. and like the most like momentous moments that occurred. Cause there was like a lot of people like maybe affected by it, but there's no like historical evidence that it actually occurred. So it's like, I wanted to present the actual facts in nice. this one. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Good. So, um, and although our story does begin once again with French jeweler Jean-Baptiste Trevenier, who found a blue diamond weighing about 112 carats while traveling in India. How big is that? It's fucking huge. Like the size of a baseball, would you say? I would say a, not a maybe half a baseball. Okay. Like a plum. Like a, wow. Like a golf ball and a half. Yeah, like a golf ball, a little over bigger than a golf ball. Wow, that's still gigantic. A plum is a good idea. Yeah. Like a good, Measure. I think around that size, yeah. She's like about fucking 50 needy. plums tall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Traveling needy. in India in 1642, um, Travenier continued to travel for almost 30 more years, carrying the massive blue diamond with him. So it doesn't appear that the curse had manifested quite yet. Okay. Also unclear is whether the diamond was actually stolen or stumbled upon by Travenier in, in his travels. I mean, I don't know what kind of travels lead you to accidentally finding a 112 carat diamond, but I know nothing about adventuring in the 1960s, in the 1600s. Right, so right. I, like, you never know, like but what it, was abandoned. Okay. Yeah. It said it was from the headdress of some type of, of a Hindu statue. Yeah. So it could have been an abandoned Hindu statue that no one, yeah. had, like, you know, it could have been a ruins. Yeah, you're right. You know, so it, it, it was an accidental stumble upon no one possibly. Technically owned it, mm -hmm. but yeah, so um, I digress. Um, in 1668, Travenier returned to France and then sold the diamond to King Louis XIV, who then made him a nobleman and cut the diamond down to 67.5 carats. Travenier did waste. later... Was that? What a waste. I know, but I guess it probably... Um, it probably was, like, not very pretty. Fine. It was... Well, I don't know. It, it was on a statue. Yeah, if it was yeah. on a statue, you'd think it'd be pretty. You would think But so. maybe there were, like, parts of it that yeah. were, like, ruined and stuff like that. So it needed to be recut. Fair. Still, 67.5 carats. That's still huge. I'm just saying that's, like, almost half of it. Yeah. They cut off half of it. That's sad. I know. Anyway, continue. Anyway. Travenier did later die in Russia, but at the wise old age of 84 years old. And there's no actual evidence to say it was by wild dogs. So... This far, there doesn't appear to be a curse yet. Okay. However, King Louis XIV later died in 1715 of gangrene, 
and subsequently all of his legitimate children died in childhood, except for one, although that wasn't necessarily atypical in those times. Right. So we can still remain slightly uncertain of a curse. Right. However, notably, uh, N- Nicholas Foucault, who worked for King Louis XIV, who is said to have worn the diamond for a special occasion and thereafter fell out of favor with the king, was banished from France. Hmm. And then the king changed the sentence to life imprisonment. So Foucault spent 15 years in the fortress of Pinerol. Some believe that he was the real man in the Iron Mask, but other accounts dispute this. Interesting. What's the man in the Iron Mask? Remember that movie I with Leonardo DiCaprio? Movie, but I didn't. It's I a man who was just it. like he had like an iron mask on his face and was locked up in like a French like oh my god cell for years and years. I don't know the extent of and like escaped or something. I don't know. Jesus. I don't know the story of it. I'm sorry. Christ. It's okay. Then in the mid-1700s, the Blue Diamond was renamed the Diamond of the Crown and was eventually passed to King Louis XVI and his impulsive queen, Marie Antoinette. Ooh, oh my god, three Maries today. Wow, yeah. My god. We should do Fuck, Marry, Kill Maries. Oh, I'm so down. Okay. Famous Maries. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Okay, which is where the Curse of Hope Diamond starts to gain quite a bit more ground. Okay. As many of us learned in our elementary school history years, this royal couple later um, went from living a life of excess to being beheaded and king- kicking off the long-awaited French Revolution. Additionally, Marie-Louise, Princess de Lambelle, who was a member of Marie Antoinette's court and was her closest confidant and temporary wearer of the diamond, was killed by a mob in a most horrific fashion, apparently hit with a hammer, decapitated, stripped, and disemboweled among other things. Jesus freaking Christ on a cracker. Yeah. Her head was impaled on a pike and carried to Marie Antoinette's prison window before her own beheading. Who, sorry, who was this in relation to Marie Antoinette? It was her closest confidant oh. um, and temporary wearer of the diamond. I just don't understand. She was a member of Marie's court. They were brutal back yeah. then. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess they had nothing else to occupy themselves with. Well, it was the French Revolution, man. I they were know. trying to fucking kill everyone so they could just overturn the whole the whole monarchy. Like with such brutality. Yeah, it was just pretty disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and within the midst of the battles and gunpower, the blue diamond was stolen. It later oh. reached the hands of jeweler William Falls, who recut the stone. Again? And- yeah, recut the stone again, <laughs> and was soon robbed and murdered by his own son, oh Hendrik, gosh. who later committed suicide. Wow, okay. Close after this, it was owned by Greek merchant Simon Monsharides, who later drove his car over a cliff and killed himself, his wife, and his child. Fucking hell. Which, needless to say, feels like this curse was picking up serious steam entering the 1800s. Yeah. By 1823, the diamond had been fa- had found its way to England, specifically into the hands of a jeweler named Daniel Elaison. He then sold it to King George IV, and by this time the diamond had been cut so many times that it weighed 45.5 carats, less than its less than half its original weight. Like it was Holy shit. It, yeah. Seven relatively short years later, in 1830, King George died and the diamond was sold to pay off his debts. Some question whether King George was actually bad at managing his finances or if his money troubles stemmed from the diamond. Even so, the curse seemed to still hold weight. It then traveled through the hands of a few Englishmen until the years between 1839 and 1900, where the curse gets even more interesting. It was then that Henry Philip Hope took possession of the diamond, buying it for $90,000, and gave it the Hope name. Got it. The Hope family was known for their wealth, and after three generations of possessing the diamond, Lord Francis Hope gambled away his fortune and went bankrupt. In order to pay his debts, he too also had to sell the Hope diamond. Damn. So it's like, like when a demon possesses something, it's like right. going into like yeah. the next person and then the next person and it's wanting to keep moving, right? Yeah. To continue its like street of destruction. Of destruction, yeah. Um, the following year, an American jeweler, Simon Frankel, bought the Hope Diamond from Francis Hope 
and bought it, brought it to the United States. Between 1901 and 1910, the Hope Diamond was passed along to different people for a few years, including Turkish, Turkish Sultan Abdul Hamid II, who lost the Ottoman Empire after possessing the Hope Diamond. Jeez. Then Pierre Cartier got his hands on it. He aimed to sell it to mining Harris Evelyn McLean, who liked to collect jewelry known for its bad luck, believe, <laughs> believing it had the reverse effect on her. Okay. With that mentally in mind, Cartier widely promoted the curse of the Hope Diamond, seemingly using this misfortune attributed to this diamond as a marketing tactic for those willing to gamble on their luck. Hmm. So smart. when Yeah, smart. So in 1912, McLean bought the Hope Diamond. From that point on, she found herself caught in the middle of several unfortunate events. Uh -oh. First, her mother-in-law died. Her son died at the age of nine. Her husband left her for another woman and later died in a mental hospital. Her daughter died of a drug overdose at 25. And, and she eventually had to sell her newspaper, the Washington Post, and died owing huge debts. Uh. Yeah. So in 1945, after her death, her estate sold the Hope Diamond to Harry Winston. Okay. While, ra while rather than selling the diamond to the highest bidder, Harry Winston instead used the Hope Diamond to raise money for various charities. It's likely that Harry had enough evidence of the potential curse by this point and knew better than to let someone else's fate rest in the hands of the Hope Diamond. Uh -huh. Then... In 1958, with the hope of creating a national jewel collection, Harry Winston donated the Hope Diamond to the Smithsonian Institution. To some, Harry Winston got rid of the curse through the donation, but not before one final cursed moment, when James Todd, the mailman who delivered the diamond to the Smithsonian, apparently had his leg crushed in a truck accident shortly thereafter. Shut up. He also suffered a head injury in a separate accident, and his house burned down. Oh, my God. Needless to say, some believe the curse still lives on as it sits confined behind thick glass in the National Gem and Mineral Collection at the Smithsonian. Oh, my God. I want to go see it. I know. So do I. The most recent news of the Hope Diamond was in 2010 when Harry Winston celebrated the anniversary of its donation to the Smithsonian with a new setting for the Hope Diamond, the Embracing Hope. And with all this said and done... I think there is some credit owed to Harry, who I believe by using the Hope Diamond for charity and philanthropy was able to reverse the curse associated with those who owned the diamond as greedy, as greedy and ignorant of their privilege. Right. Although the mailman just was kind of caught in the fucking whirlwind of it. Oh my God. So now the diamond is somewhat linked to being a vehicle for something good rather than pleasing the rich and greedy. Wow. So... That's basically the oh my god the I'm curse just, of the Hope Diamond. So it's in Washington at the at the, the Smithsonian. Smithsonian. Yeah, we should go. Yeah, let's do it. I'm down. I love going to museums, man. Yeah, man. Especially like the big, big capital one. Like, yeah, you know, I saw the first ever uh, cash register that was used at the first ever Tiffany's. Oh, museum. Where? It's fun. When I went to England. I don't know. Angla. I didn't go to any museums when I was in England. That oh, was the really? one thing I didn't do. Was it when I went? I think it was when I went to England. That I makes sense. Yeah, I think it was England. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. It was either that, because it wouldn't have been the ROM. No. And like, I, I went, I'm trying to think. I'm like, I went to the ROM with Stephen for his birthday. Yeah. And then when I went to England to visit Nicole, we went to like a bunch of museums. That was fun. It was probably one of the ones in England. Sick. It's time for our hometown haunt. So the oldest one I have here. Okay. This one is called Twin Ghosts, Witchcraft, Night Terrors That Could Kill, Astral Projection, Sleep Paralysis. Sweet. This one is going to be a fucking roller coaster. Hi, Marie. I've been addicted to your podcast since I found it last week after finishing two of my favorite true crime podcasts. Unresolved and Crime Junkies. Oh, I wanted a ghost slash paranormal fix and luckily stumbled upon your podcast. I listened to it at work and trust me when I say this, there are times where my eyes would go big as if I had seen a ghost. I have had my fair share of paranormal and ghostly things going on in my life. 
twin ghosts, witchcraft, night terrors, the ones you can die from, astral projection, sleep paralysis, and many more. This is going to be a pretty long email. I was born and raised in the Philippines. When I was about six years old, my sister, brother, and I made a running course within the house to prove who was the fastest. We had started our course, and as I passed our maid's quarters, I saw a full-body apparition of a, of a boy jumping up and down on the bed. Tell me why my dumb six-year-old self didn't just continue the course, but went inside the maid's quarters and uh, to see who it was. I saw no one. I went to go tell my mom about it, and all she told me was that it was a good and friendly ghost protecting the house. The little boy apparition wasn't the first ghostly thing that has happened to me. My grandmother told me when I was about three or four years old, I would always come outside and play by our santal tree, a fruit from the Philippines. And it was known that the tree was haunted. I would be talking to myself and climbing the trees up uh, because my friend had told me to. My friend was always with me whenever we left the house or whenever I was inside the house. My friend never left me until I got sick one day out of the blue after going to the market. I was so sick that no doctor was able to figure out what was wrong with me. All my blood tests were okay. They all came back negative for any types of diseases. Needless to say, I was a healthy toddler who was really sick for no reason. Little did we know that witchcraft was already involved and that my friend was my mother's twin ghost. What? Yeah. I'm not sure if that was interesting enough for you to get spooked or to even share it on your podcast. As I listen, I always want to share my experiences with you. I've experienced so many things, and so has my entire family. This paranormal thing going on with my family has been passed down from generations. Let me know if you want to know more about the paranormal that goes on in my family and what happens to me and how I got better. Thank you for your time in reading this. Hopefully you're still interested because I have a ton of creepy ghost stories for you and your listeners. I love you and your podcast so much. So nice. So Miana is her name. Yeah. Yeah, I want to know more. You left me hanging. Yeah. I want to know, I know. What? more about Tell the me about twin the twin ghosts. ghosts. I want to know about the curse. I want to know about the sleep paralysis. I want to know literally everything that you just said. Yeah. I want to know all about it. Keep right? it coming. Yeah. If you if you write it in by the time we, we record next session, I will read it on the next show because I think everyone is going to be pissed that they just, yeah. they're all hanging yeah. on. Completely. <laughs> but I do. I want to know. I'm going to email her back and be like, yes, please write, write the rest of this story to us. Okay. All right. So are we doing famous Marie's? Yeah. Uh, let's pause and find our Marie's and we'll come right back. Okay. 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 We're back with our famous Marie's. I just realized we'll never be able to do a famous Michalina episode. I think you're the only one. Yeah. <laughs> and the ones that like have any significance are dead. So every once there in aren't a while, any significance. Like, yeah. Every once in a while I think of that time. You were Actually, like, no. We could do Nicolina's with K's. Oh, okay. We'll do that then next time. Because Nina Dobrov is named Nicolina. Oh, is she? Yeah. Oh. I just thought of the time that we were in your kitchen and you said something like, yeah, Michalina's, those things were a fucking life ruiner. <laughs> <laughs> so close I stand by that. Uh, okay. So I've okay. got my three famous Marie's. You want me to go first? Sure. Okay. Oh, no. So first there's Marie Dressler. She was a Canadian-American stage and screen actress and early silent film and Depression-era film star. So that's Marie Dressler. Okay, good to know. Then there's Marie von Ebner Eskenbach. So she was a baroness, and she was an Austrian writer. She used to write psychological novels. Uh, Okay. 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 And then there's Marie. No, she's an American serial killer. Okay, we kill her. <laughs> she was convicted in June of 1999 for murdering eight of her fucking children. Yeah, we kill her for sure. Okay, so she's gonna die, and then, um, and then I'm gonna maybe marry the psychologist, the whatever. psychological novel writer. Yeah, that woman, and then <laughs> have sex with Marie Dressler. Yeah, because she just seems fun. Uh, yeah, I think I would agree with all of your choices. Yeah, Good yeah. job. <laughs> um, perfect. 
So you're. Aww, I broke our rule. I'm not ever not. We were never gonna pick killers. Oh, is that a rule? That's okay. No, remember when we were like, we're not gonna do like. No, we. Never. Whatever. It's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. We killed her anyway. Not a big deal. Go on. Um. Okay. So we got Marie Antoinette. Yeah. Um. Marie Kondo. Okay. And who was the other person I wanted to do? Was Marie. Whatever. We'll do Marie Curie. Marie Curie. Yeah. No, you wanted Marie. Oh my God, it was one of the first ones that was on that list. Uh, that's okay. Marie. Con- oh, Marie Osmond. Osmond. Yes, Marie Osmond, Marie Kondo, and Marie Antoinette gave you some babes. Thank you. Welcome. Um, I would say that I would have to kill Marie Kondo. Okay. Yeah. Well, what did what's Marie Osmond been doing lately? Like, hold on. <sighs> like, what's what's what? You know, what good is she bringing to the world? I mean, I know she's a singer. Uh, but, I mean, Donnie and Marie, I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, and, and they had a residency at the Flamingo in Vegas, which is one of my favorite places. So, fine. We'll kill Marie Kondo, because it's like, we know how to tidy. Like, relax. No, I don't want to kill her. She's so cute. I think, I mean, Marie Antoinette's dead, so you can just kill her. Yeah, but she did so much for the world. She <laughs> Didn't at all. She spent all the all of France's money. Oh my god! No, I mixed it up with a. I mixed her up with someone completely different. Who? We're gonna kill her. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Okay. We're gonna kill her. Yeah. I'll I'll have sex with Marie Osmond and I'll marry Marie Kondo. Cool. That makes so much yeah, more Marie sense. Marie Antoinette. Can yeah, absolutely. I thought it was Marie Curie. No, Marie that's Curie. Why. You should, can't kill her. No, I can't kill her. No. So that's fine. I'll kill Marie Antoinette. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sex with Osmond and, and Mary Conno. Done. Done. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, that was this episode of Paranormal, the episode <laughs> on curses. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, y'all. For tuning in. Tuning in. Well, don't forget to subscribe. Oh, yeah. That. <laughs> to rate, review, and subscribe. We need more people to review. Like, I want lots of people reviewing us. I feel like I've gotten so many, like, follows and messages lately, and I'm just like, where you guys at? You know, like when you guys email us your stories, the opening paragraph, when you're like, I love you guys so much. I listen to you at work. Literally just copy and paste that into a review on iTunes or on Apple Podcasts. It would help us out so much. And even better, tell a friend about the podcast. And we still have our contest on our Instagram page. So if you guys want to head over there, um, there is a cross stitch that I made. You can comment on the post tag three friends and leave a review for the podcast and you'll be entered in a draw to win the cross stitch that I made for y'all. And you can follow our podcast on Instagram. It's paranormal at paranormal pod on Twitter. It's at paranormal pod underscore. And um, our personal ones are at Splendora underscore and at Nicolina Savelli. And don't forget to check out our other podcast, Can I Call You? And that's it. Until next time, you stay spooky. Showbiz, baby. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.